Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. I want to preach from the topic, Ignite the Covenant. Ignite the Covenant. Ignite the Covenant. And verse 1 reads, Sometime later, sometime later, it says, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Here we pick up on the journey of Abraham where God is now pushing him into a test. Now, if you studied a little bit about Abraham, when you read Genesis 22 and verse 1, you say, and God later tested Abraham. What do you mean? Everything that Abraham been through was a test. But this is the ultimate test for the next level of his life. And remembering Abraham was brought to the land of Canaan for an inheritance. And we have become by faith Abraham's descendants through faith. Abraham pilgrimed there and journeyed to the place of Canaan. There are actually 17 other places that uh, Abraham had to go through and go to before this final destination where God maximizes his life. Many times there are many, many tests, that's M-I-N-I, many or small tests before there are major tests. Now, every test is one that we must pass, but Abraham had journeyed through 17 different locations where God was proving his wor- the word in his life. One of the places that he went was the place of the Chaldees, where he learned that he had to leave the country and the place of earth to move out to a place where God will show him now I don't know about you many of us many of us are people of detail and instruction imagine God bringing you from out of the familiar and telling you get out from your kindred get out from the familiar get out from what's comfortable and I'm gonna tell you where to go go to the place I will show you now I don't know about you it's tough uh, to just go to a place that God's going to show you uh, you got the first move for him to show you you got the first act for for him to show you and Abraham is ignited to live a life of of faith he's moved to the place of Haran then he moved to the place of Damascus then he went to the place of Shem where God began to remind him of the promises it's actually the place where he built his first altar to the Lord it's his first opportunity to say God you've carried me this far I'm moving in a place of life where you're going to move me towards my promise and I'm going to dedicate this level so far to you. Then God took him to a place called Bethel, the place where God's presence was revealed. And he built a second altar there and called that place Bethel. Then he went to Egypt. And in Egypt, he found out that God could keep him in a famine. He found out that God can keep him in severe circumstances. He found out that God was traveling with him. As he was moving and experiencing all types of things, he found out God is still good in a famine. He left Egypt and went 
back to Bethel and in Bethel is the place where Lot and his herdsmen begin to have strife with Abraham and his herd and the, the fight was if there was enough water and enough supply to feed both Abraham and his team and his nephew Lot and his team now I find it very ironic that Lot's people and his herdsmen even have the nerve to have strife over the whole situation because the truth of the matter is Lot is only being blessed through the lineage of his uncle Abraham but sometimes people miss how they getting blessed they miss whose hand is providing they miss who's paying the bill they miss they start getting all under under wraps and unraveling and getting upset and mad and Lot got all mad him and his people and Abraham said you don't have to worry we don't have to fight about water the God I provide know that we have increased and can provide for us all then they went to a place of Hebron then they went to the place of Dan the place of Hobah the place of Salem the place of Hebron again then they went to Gerar they went to Gerar uh, Gerar was very unique because God began to show him how he can uphold him when it seems like it's time to compromise have you ever been to the season where it felt like you were tempted on the left and the right and you was afraid to make any types of moves in your life you wanted to please God but it seemed like you every hit the devil had out was your name was on it he went to the place where he was tested to trust God then he went to a place called Beersheba Beersheba it's the place where God began to reveal that I'm going to give you a son by the name of Ishmael now that is very uh very uh critical because before Ishmael um, excuse me before Isaac came Ishmael and so the place of Beersheba was the place where God made them laugh and I'm telling you there is a place where God in his sovereignty will make you look back at your mistakes and then make you laugh see God ain't fully revealed himself and I'll say fully been good to you till you can look at where you messed up and look at his goodness and then laugh about it if you can't laugh about your mistakes yet I got news for you God ain't finished being good to you because there is a goodness of God that will make you look back at your own wretched self and laugh and say who could have done this but a God like this it'll make you laugh and I know some of you in something right now you can't laugh but keep living because God is going to be so good to you he's going to make you laugh at the thing that you almost wish never happened in your life only God God can take your mistakes and make you look at it and say, <laughs> look at the God that brought me out of what I was in. Then they went to the place of Moriah, the place of Moriah. And the place of Moriah is what we're talking about right here in the text. It's that final test. It's one of the major final tests of Abraham. What God says, now I want to test you with a sacrifice and I want you to understand my first point about igniting the covenant is coming to the realization that you survived you survived every trial so far you survived every season so far you are a survivor and Abraham was able to answer God when God says go up I'm going to test you and called his name Abraham he, he was able to say here I am 
now. In other words, I'm still here, God. I'm right here in the earth. I'm still here. After all I've been through, I'm still here. After all my mistakes, I'm still here. And some of us think when we look at our neighbors and our brothers and sisters, we look at them with a shallow look and what you don't know what your neighbor been through. You don't know what the person on your timeline has been through. You don't know what it took for them to even join us virtually online this morning because you can't see all that God has been and done in their life. And I'm telling you, when you're going to ignite the covenant in your life, you got to stop considering yourself a victim. You're a person who's been through but survived. you even living with pain right now, but you still survived. And Abraham was able to answer, here I am, because he was still alive. I need a few people this morning to wake up your neighbors and tell everybody I'm still alive. I survived it. I've survived the worst mistakes. I survived the faith challenge. I've survived every test. Come on. Text. Come on. Put it up there on your timeline. I survived it. I survived it. My heart was broken. It took counseling to get me through. I had to get psychiatric help. Somebody testifies. But I survived it. Been in a car accident. Had to go to the chiropractor. Physical therapy. You don't know what your neighbor been through. But just tell them how I survived. Didn't know what I was going to do. Almost lost my mind. Had to get on medication just to sleep. That's real stuff. I didn't come to talk about no little small things. I'm talking about real things that tried to come take you out of here. But the truth of the matter is you are still here. You're here because God has a plan. God has a plan. And I think the first aspect of igniting the covenant is to admit that I'm still here. Because if you act like you're not here, you, you will miss to fully participate with what God want to do right now. If you act like, you know, you know, I'm just here and I'm not going to move forward. You will miss that God's preserved you for a purpose. Abraham was able to say, here I am. God said, Abraham, he said, here I am. In other words, I survived. <laughs> I survived everything I've been through. I survived every test and every trial. God begins to challenge him. Follow me in verse two. Then God said to him, take your son. The promised son, Isaac, your only son whom you love. Now, I think that's awesome in itself that God says your only son whom you love. I know you love Isaac, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you now at this point, uh, Abraham would say, I understand this language. When I left my familiarity with my family and my friends, you already had told me to go to a place where you would show me. So at this point, I'm accustomed to God leading me places without all the details. I'm accustomed to moving. He's telling his son, Isaac, let's go. We live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So let's go. I'm accustomed to God transitioning me and moving me to places that I can't even understand. But at the end result, he keeps blessing me. Have you ever had to walk forward with little details and it almost scared everything out of you but when you looked up it was a blessing when you looked up it was favor Abraham said I know how to walk in this season now he goes in verse 3 the early the next morning Abraham got up loaded his donkey took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac 
And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw this place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham is at a whole new place. He said, look, I, I, I don't know how God's going to do this, but if God told me he's going to make a way, God's going to make a way. I don't know, but I guarantee y'all I'm coming back. We're going to worship. He told me to come offer my son as a sacrifice and that's what I'm going to do. But all I know based on the promise that he gave me is that me and my son are coming back you now I don't know the in between and how God gonna do what he gonna do how he gonna get me from point A to point D but I learned something about God when he tells me he's going to do something he's going to do it oh when he promised me something he's going to bring it to pass and I don't know how I'm gonna leap from A to Z but some way I'm coming back to worship and let me tell you point two is you got to learn to offer up the sacrifice offer up the sacrifice Abraham goes with his son Isaac to this altar in Moriah and there's something so special about the altar when you get to the altar there's something so special about the altar the altar is the place and one of the only places where the saint and the sinner are in the same place dealing with the same God. The altar is the only place. When you get to an altar, it is the transition for the sinner and it is the maintenance for the saint. See, the, 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 the altar, the same place. I like to say it like this. No matter if you're the sinner or the saint, everybody got to come to the altar. That's why the saint can't get cocky about where God has brought you because the only way you can maintain what God is doing in your life is to get back to the altar and there is a word in the spirit that the saints got to get back to the altar the only way we can stay holy be holy stay righteous walk in favor walk in grace is we got to stay at the altar and oh it's just not a place where we come one time and never come back again we don't see enough of those people who came only one time and when the people the people who come to the altar one time guess what they don't last long but you want to know how mother still serving God how deacon so and so still serving God for 50 and 60 years they kept coming back to the altar and I'm telling you I want to resurrect the altar back into our lives that we know where to go when trouble comes we know where to go when good times come too we don't just go to the altar when we're in pain and we're going through problems. We come to altar in good seasons just to tell them thank you. We come to the altar when everything's going well just to break out in the dance. We come to the altar when he's made ways out of no way to tell him you did it all over again. The altar is not a one-time experience, but it's the place for the sinner 
and the saint and no other place that two people who've made different decisions at that moment can meet up together but the altar tell your neighbor meet me at the altar <laughs> say meet me at the altar even if you ain't living right just meet me at the altar I'll be there <laughs> I'll be there so I can keep preaching like I'm preaching I'll be there so I can keep living like I'm living I'll be there and if you're not living like you should be living I'm not trying to condemn you because the only reason I'm better today because of this altar and I'll be waiting for you at the altar tell somebody to get to the altar get to the altar the altar is the place where you have to offer the sacrifice it's the place where the sinner is converted it's that place we got to get to the altar God says I need to go to the altar and offer up this sacrifice God wanted to see if Abraham was just going to live with the promise which is Isaac. Isaac was the promise. God tests him, are you just going to live with the promise or are you going to move and live with the prophecy? Yeah, you're going to live with the promise or live with the prophecy. See, some people are stuck with the promise. What I mean by that, God blessed you with the job that he promised you. <laughs> but that's all you got is the promise. That's all you got. God blessed you with the marriage that he promised you, but that's all you got. You got the promise. And promise is good, don't get me wrong, but too many people are settling for promises and not prophecy. Uh, promises the thing uh, but let me tell you something about promises promises need maintenance <laughs> promises need support see and promises also will wear out meaning the promise that God made to you when you were 20 years old and you now 50 guess what you don't live through that promise but if the, there's a prophecy still over your life God will renew new things in your life and there's too many of us that God has blessed real good but it seems like it's going to be the last time he can bless us real good because we love the promise more than the one who gave us the promise we love the marriage more than the one who gave us the marriage we love the car more than the one who gave us the car we love the thing that God blessed us with versus the person or the person who blessed us with the thing but God says can I unloose you from the promise for a second I know you waited for this and went through trial and tribulation for this but I want to know can you give me back what I gave you I want to know can you offer up the sacrifice I gave you Isaac but are you humble enough to give him back to me yeah and I believe this man is just uh, still recovering from what it is to live in idolatry but God has taught him how to live by faith and God is trying to show Abraham how to have a future everybody say a future not just a noun but a future say I gotta have a future whatever it is in my life I gotta have a future and if he's given me a promise that's great but I got to make sure I got a future and God says I want to test you to see if you got a future he said all right I'm ready God he says I'm going to get you you got to go ahead and get the wood so he had to chop up the wood and he had to climb the mountain so it's not always easy to give a sacrifice but God is looking for those who can chop the wood and climb the mountain God is looking for those who say God I'll chop the 
wood if you need me to chop the wood. See, there are times that God's blessed you so much that you stop sacrificing. God blessed you so much things are comfortable. You know, when you was a backwards against the wall, it wasn't nothing for you to give all your energy, to give all your time because you was trying to get to a certain place. But now that some folks have gotten to a certain place and can vacation where they want to, when they want to, they have lost steam. They have lost energy and God can't get much out of them. They have become cozy and too comfortable. And God said, I need you to chop wood. I need you to climb up the mountain and I need you to light the sacrifice on fire. Ah, fire. Tell somebody say fire. See, sacrifice is no good with a bad attitude. You need some fire. Sacrifice is not acceptable unless it is burnt and lit with fire. I believe God is trying to get some of us back to offering a lifestyle of sacrifice. And that's a lifestyle where you're glad to do what he's calling you to do. It's a lifestyle well you're excited to sweat and be tired but when you go home at night you say God I'm exhausted but God I'm exhausted for you because the last time I was exhausted I was in sin the last time I was tired I was drunk but today I'm tired because I did your will and I'm glad about it everything I did today you use me and I'm exhausted but I'm glad I gave all my energy to you God is trying to get the attitude back in the life of the believer where we'll stop sucking our teeth like kids talking about we gotta go to church again we gotta go to Bible study God is trying to get the sacrifice right in the life of the saint that we enter in his gates with thanksgiving we enter in his courts with praise we're thankful unto him and we'll bless his name where are the saints that wake up with a premeditated praise God is trying to get the fire back in our sacrifice. It's the fire. It's the fire. And the sacrifice means everything. The sacrifice means I decrease that he may increase. The sacrifice means the life that I now live, I live unto the Son of God, not unto myself. The sacrifice means if I delight myself in the Lord... He will give me the desires of my heart. The sacrifice means, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's what the sacrifice means. The sacrifice means all, all of God and none of me. How many are ready to move back into sacrificial living for God? Well, you got a good attitude about what God has called you to do. God wants us to ignite the covenant through sacrifice. That's point number two. Look at verse six. It says, Abraham took the wood for burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife so he carrying the fire and the knife as the two of them went on, went on together Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham father he said yes my son Abraham replied the fire and the wood are here Isaac said but where is the lamb for the burnt offering Abraham answered his son God himself see how you can talk when you know God's going to do this thing See what happens when you start giving sacrifice. You, you, stop, you stop worrying about what God's going to do next. 
If God's calling you to do what he said, God must be got it all under control. He says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Now, God never told Abraham that he was going to provide the lamb. But God did tell Abraham that through Isaac, you will receive the promise. So as Abraham did not know, per se, that God was going to provide a lamb. But he had to put it together. If God has given me Isaac as as a son and God told me that through Isaac is the promise gonna come then God must be got another way that he's gonna bring this to pass and all I need to do is obey all I need to do is have faith see some of you are in trouble with God and don't operate in sacrifice because you are too busy trying to worry about God's business God brought you here God hung the moon God hung the stars and God don't need your concern or you being worried or depressed about how he gonna bring you out you just find out what he wants you to do and watch God does the rest God Abraham easily be able to answer God must be himself gonna provide the lamb for a burnt offering my son and when they reached the place that God had told him about Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it and it bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood see in the sacrifice you still follow the steps of obedience he laid him on the altar strapped him to the wood and then he reached out his hand took the knife to slay his son but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. While I'm teaching you how to offer the sacrifice, can I also teach you, hear God. Can I teach you to open up your ears to hear what God is saying? God will keep talking to you while you're journeying to him. God will keep speaking to you. You'll say, God, I'm turning, I'm going straight because you told me to go straight. I'm going, but you about to hear when he say go left. You about to hear when he say go right. God spoke to Abraham again and he said, Abraham, Abraham said, I'm accustomed to hearing you. I hear the Holy Ghost. I thank you. Come on, lift your hands for the seasons where I can hear you clearly. When you tell me to go left I go left when you tell me to go right I got somewhere to go and I ain't got time living I don't got time to be living with old instructions see kill your son was an old instruction when he got to the mountain there were new instructions which is hold up Abraham it is possible that you about to miss your greatest breakthrough because you only heard God one time I tell you about to stay at that altar you about to stay back in that place of hearing God because God know how to get you to where he needs to get you and he tells Abraham you ain't got to do it Abraham Abraham listen what Abraham said here I am I'm still here I'm still surviving I'm still praying I'm still worshiping this next here I am I believe is a different here I am. The first here I am is I survive. But this here I am, I think, is different. This here I am means I surrender. I got you now, God. I don't need no plan B's and no plan C's to get my destiny to work. I don't need nobody living with me just to help pay my rent or nothing like that. I ain't got to shortchange myself to get into promise. He said, this is the place of surrender. And I'm telling you, you will ignite your covenant it when you occupy and possess a place called surrender Abraham has moved into a place where he's given his whole self say whole self his whole self to God 
Abraham sees no other way but to the promise but by giving everything to God. It is saying again, I don't need a plan B. He's saying, I don't need no handmaiden. I don't need my wife trying to compromise. I don't need my flesh to amen me. I got this now. I know surrendering to God will get me to the place of promise and prophecy. It's like him saying, I'll say yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord. I will obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer, Abraham is to a place where he'll just say yes to God. He'll say, yes, God. You want to go here? Yes, Lord. He occupied the place of surrender. And because of that, he can hear God clearly. Abraham is not just surviving anymore. He's living in a surrendered place. I'm telling you, if you're going to ignite the covenant in your life and receive the full measure of blessing, you got to get to a place of I surrender. You got to get to a place of God, whatever you want to do. And let me tell you something how to get there. I've been practicing it all week long. And I've been I've been drunk a few times before this Sunday. So you say, Pastor drunk this morning, I've been drunk all week I've been tipsy in the Holy Ghost all week why because I've been waking up in the morning walking getting dressed doing what I got to do and all I've been saying is Lord I give myself to you I just love obeying you I just love worshiping you there's nothing too hard for you I've changed my confession about how I please him I've been walking around saying there ain't nothing like pleasing you I'd rather, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in tents of wickedness I'd rather be a little saint on the third to go back to the crack house the whole house to go back to where I used to be I'd rather just be saved and a nobody than to compromise anymore I've been walking around just confessing I just love pleasing you it brings me the greatest joy to do what you call me to do it gives me the greatest peace to know I'm in your will I've been confessing that and I've been possessing the place of surrender because guess what there's something else God's trying to do in my life and there's something else God's trying to do in your life and if you don't get stuck with the first blessing you'll get what's next Lord help you don't get stuck with the first blessing you'll get what's next and uh, Abraham has occupied this place of surrender he's occupied this place of surrender through sacrifice let's read verse 12 it says do not lay a hand on the boy what the spirit said don't you touch him he said don't you do not do anything to him now I know you fear God see there's a real test that comes in your life that will prove that you really love God he said because you have not withheld from me your own your own son your only son and we know that this is in similitude of Jesus Christ being given for the world and I believe this thing does something to the heart of God when 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 Abraham begins to walk out of fulfillment of New Testament prophecy I believe Abraham saying that go my boy that's who I've been perfecting that's the person I've been working on somebody who can fulfill prophecy somebody who's in step and in line with what I want to do I needed an example of what I'm going to do in the New Testament and what I needed somebody to do it in the Old Testament. I knew you can make it through your idolatry. I knew you can make it, Abraham, through your compromise. I knew you can make it through everything you've been through to be to the place of a surrendered life. He says, "Ah, give me, I will not withheld from me your son. Abraham looked up in verse 13 and there in the thicket 
he saw a ram caught by his horns. Y'all know I've taught this a little bit. Uh, caught by his horns, and the horns represent, uh, maybe y'all hadn't watched any YouTube videos. On YouTube, sometimes the, the old farmer or wilderness guy out there hunting, and as he out there hunting, he'll find a ram who's stuck in a branch and he can't get out. He's wrestling and going in circles and he got his horn stuck between something and he's growing tired trying to get loose. What that thing means that the ram was caught in the thicket, it means the thing that you need to get your breakthrough can't get away. That God got it stuck by its ram's horn. You think you missed God, but God got that thing set up for you. You think you messed up so bad, favor never gonna come back your way, but God already got that thing set up for you if you can learn to obey and learn to sacrifice you'll get to a new place where you see that God has created a bridge over to your destiny and it's right there here it is right there he get there how we gonna do it God there is the ram right there caught in the thicket <laughs> you thought you missed God you never thought you were going to get to this great promise but there is a bridge to your destiny here is the ram caught in the thicket he went over and took the ram it's still in verse 13 and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son and so Abraham called that place the Lord will provide how many been in that place well you know the Lord will provide and he's and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided so you ain't got to worry it will be provided if you can obey it will be provided if you can trust it will be provided if you keep doing your part it will be provided God will make ways that you can even understand it if you will start obeying him verse 15 says and the angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time and said I swear listen to this listen to this kind of prophetic type stuff that God sends the angels to do for those who will walk in covenant and obedience and the angel says I to, about God I swear by myself I don't know about you uh, but our parents told us don't swear he said you ain't got no earth or no heaven and nothing like that you don't own nothing you don't have enough power to be swearing see when you swear you got to have some authority when you say I swear you got to swear by some level of authority because if something get in your way after you swear and you powerless you're going to look like you ain't supposed to be talking all that talk but God said I swear God said I swear nothing can keep me from blessing you nothing can keep me from turning this thing around he said I I swear by myself declares the Lord oh shout that's strong stuff uh, nobody else don't like it I swear I'll bring you out of that thing if nobody else give you a job I swear I'll open up the windows of heaven I swear uh, Abraham please God so much God with the swearing I swear by my own self I don't care if you don't know nothing about favor know nothing about blessing I swear when I get finished with you you're gonna be where I told you to be I don't care that your mama was a whore I don't care that your daddy was an alcoholic but when I finish by with you I'm going to bring you to a place that nobody know what you had to go through what you went through to get to where you had to go through there will be no one iota of a drip or a drop that looked like it never was going to be to the place I called you to be God say I swear by my own self I don't need nobody for this I got your destiny in the palm of my hand I got you wrapped up in me and if you can obey me I'll go to swearing y'all ain't saying nothing <laughs> he said I swear declares the Lord that because you have done this I have not withheld 
your son, your only son, I will surely listen to God talk. Uh, you talking about making God happy? In this text, I need you to see it different. If, 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 if ever God got up to dance, to shout, to skip around, it's at a time like this. God said, I swear by myself. I swear by myself, meaning I don't need nobody to do this thing. I'm not counting on nobody to come rescue you. I'll do it all by myself. He says, look, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as a sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, Isaac, all nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me then Abraham returned to the servants then set off together for Bathsheba and Abraham stayed in Bathsheba listen here God said I'm gonna swear by myself here's my fourth point if you can sow the seed I want you to know that first of all Isaac was a sacrifice a sacrifice a sacrifice a sacrifice represents something that gets to the altar that must be burnt up it's similitude of your flesh so Isaac first is a sacrifice sacrifice must be burnt up so that the smoke and the flavor goes up into the nostrils of God and when God sees you on the altar and your your flesh dying God is Lord my God that's my son that's my daughter God loves the smell of your burnt flesh when you give up your way of living God loves that that's what Isaac first was Isaac first was a sacrifice but to get to your next destiny and get to the future you need seed say you need seed seed is what gets you to the next place say seed say seed Isaac was a seed not just sacrifice Isaac was a seed as it was a seed you put a sacrifice on the altar but the uh, people who understand covenant also understand you put seed in the ground and as it had to get in the ground as it in similitude had to become a seed on behalf of his father Abraham the good thing about seed is it uh, seed inside fruit is seed every time God blesses you with something say that's fruit everybody say that's fruit say that's fruit that's fruit but inside that fruit is seed that means that every time God opened a door for you inside that door is another door uh, inside that door is another door every time God blessed you inside that blessing is another blessing the problem what happens with people is that they eat all their seed and they eat their fruit and the seed too and when we look at you we know you was blessed two years ago but now two years later we're wondering what's wrong with your life it's because you eat everything that God blessed you with you consume everything that God's blessed you with part of what God blessed you with is to be enjoyed but you can't get so full of the fruit that you eat all the seed God said I need Isaac to become a seed and seed got to go into the ground that's why you can't pay attention I got a farmer looking at me that's why you can't pay attention in this day and time and go into your local water local uh, supermarket and buying seedless fruit I don't know about you but I ain't got time for no seedless fruit 
fruit. Everything that God gives me, I ain't saying nothing, it's going to have seed in the fruit. It's a sign that even when I eat it, I got a tomorrow. I don't need to be eating nothing that can't be reproduced by its own kind naturally. And we've gotten into a perverted generation, thank you, that we got seed, we got fruit with no seed. And so I'm telling you right now, you can eat it, you ain't going to die, but leave it alone. Leave the watermelon that seed is alone. Leave the seedly grapes alone. Come on, leave it alone. It's manufactured. It was designed to have seed in it. Your blessing is designed not to take care of you today, but to take care of you tomorrow. But God, Abraham recognized the only way that Isaac could be transformed is that this sacrifice got to become a seed. Tell some of my sacrifice got to become a seed. And I need you to declare right now. Say, I got seed in my fruit. Come on, say every blessing has another blessing. Come on, say every miracle has another miracle. I'll show you in the text what Jesus tried to teach the principle. He went in the midst of a desert, a famine place. And when they got out there, the people were hungry. Y'all know that story. And the disciples, Jesus said, feed the people. The disciples said, we ain't got no bread. We ain't got nothing from whence we gonna feed these people. Matter of fact, the disciples tell them to go back into the city and feed themselves. Jesus said, come on, y'all don't understand ministry. When I get put up against the wall, you ain't got to give me no cop out. I'm still a miracle working God. You ain't got to give me no cop out. We've been out here in the desert. I feel the Holy Ghost doing ministry and the disciples say send them back to the city. You know what it's like for somebody to give all they have. And then when it's time for you to feed them back again, you ain't got nothing left. Jesus said the devil is a lie. I will not be accused of male practice in ministry. I could supply everything I start it. I can fund everything I created and I don't bring my people to no desert place and can't make rivers in the desert I don't bring my people to a mountain place and can't provide a sacrifice he tells the disciples what you got what you got the disciples looking around we ain't got nothing and they start arguing with each other because they think that it's one of those secondary tests that he tried to teach them last time which was everywhere you go carry something with you so now they are accusing one another. Did you get something? Did you bring something with you? Oh my God, we done got caught empty-handed again. And so they jack a little boy for his two fish and then five loaves. And say, man, we need your two fish and five loaves here, man. We in a jam. They get the two fish and five loaves. They give it to Jesus. Jesus says the people were like sheep without a shepherd. He said one thing the shepherd does is he pastors in the pasture and he provides for the sheep. He not gonna let the sheep be naked. He not gonna let the sheep be walking around hungry he gonna feed the sheep and he said give me those give me the bread and give me the fish and he said the first thing we gonna do about the situation is we ain't gonna complain we gonna take it and we gonna bless it we gonna thank God I'm trying to teach you about your seed I'm trying to teach you when you come home with that little bitty check to stop complaining about that little bitty check but take the prayer and take Thanksgiving and lay Thanksgiving on that little bit of check lay prayer on that little bit of income you ain't saying nothing. I made 13500 a year as a married man. And I was starting to cry every time I saw my check. I don't know about you. I cried on payday. Oh, you ain't know what I'm talking about. Because I felt like I was in a place that I didn't belong. I felt like my destiny deserved more goodness. I felt like I deserved more money. Here I am with a pretty honey girl. Looking all sweet and fine. We better have some babies while her husband broke. I'm like, the devil is a lie. 
oh my god every time I saw that piece of money come through my checking account it was like six hundred and something dollars a month and when you get paid monthly and don't get paid that much a month you talk about trusting the Lord sustain you you get on the 20th you be like 21 22 23 24 help me make it to the 30th of the month 25 26 what's going on here we don't preach the podium loose 27 28 29 30 and we're sitting there going through the month saying God keep me you ain't never been there if you ever earned a little bit of living tell somebody a little bit a little bit of hurt you tell somebody a little bit of hurt you a little bit of hurt you come on fix that right there fix that right I don't know what's going on with it. Glory to God. When I preach the podium finish, it's all good. Hallelujah. It's all good. Glory to God. Good. Now leave it right there. It's all good. It's fine. Thank you, Jesus, because I want to preach this word. I ain't worried about no podium in the way. I'll hold it up and preach. And we'll finish out what happened to it later on. Because I'm telling you. God was telling him, he said, look, these two fish and five loaves, he said, I'm going to take it and bless it. Say, bless what you have. Speak well of it. It's teaching you to be a steward over your mouth. See, some of y'all never sowed the seed because you curse the seed. You start speaking so bad about what where you are right now, and I started that foolishness coming home with that six hundred and something dollars a month. I'm looking at that six hundred dollars. What I'm gonna do with this? I'm a married man now. I'm gotten married, and I got this wife of mine, and she looking at me and talking about we ain't hardly got no food, and I'm tired of arguing about not having enough food. And I'm saying, open the cabinet. Real story. Open the cabinet, girl. We got food. She's like, baby, come on now. I'm like, Lord, you got to do better than this. She working. I'm working. But Lord, we 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 suffering. We're a young married couple. But how many know when you start speaking to that seed? He said he took the two fish and the five loaves and he began to bless it. It means to speak well over it. Y'all got to stop cursing where you are. You got to stop speaking negative of your current situation. Whatever you have, you got to say thank you for it. Thank you for a little bit. Thank you for a little bit I got. Thank you for a part-time job. Thank you for my piece of job thank you for what I have right now thank you for the McDonald's thank you for the Burger King job thank you for the waiter job thank you for what I have right now and they took the two fish five loaves and Jesus said I'm going to show you what to do for those who are in a season of not enough I'm going to tell you what to do start blessing it he took the seed he took the two fish five loaves and he held it up I love Jesus he held it up and he said father I thank you I thank you for providing for everybody on this row let me, let me slow down because this text is so rich Jesus doesn't allow organization don't allow chaos to fill the environment he take all the thousands of people that are in the desert and he says get in order one of the ways to get ready for the blessing I hear the Holy Ghost is to get in order he takes every person and he puts them in the rows and he aligns them up he gets things in order and when you get your life in order the blessing is soon to come when you start aligning yourself when prayer becomes priority when 
when fasting becomes priority when coming to church becomes priority when giving seed becomes priority when you get your life in order watch out Rosha. here comes the blessing he puts it in order he blesses it and said father I thank you then he takes it after it's blessed gives it back to the same disciples who couldn't see him doing nothing with it he takes that same blessing and he takes it and he said distribute it to the people when he distributes it to the people here we go the people eat it says over 4,000, 5,000 people not counting women and children they all eat and the Bible has the nerve to say that he can fill you up off of two fish and five loaves God got a way of making ends meet I know everything ain't always looked like it was going to work out but how many can testify he made a way out of no way that's what they said we thought we were going to die in the desert but he know how to handle the sea and Jesus blesses the seed and they all are full. Check this out. Here it is. This is what I want to show you. Because many times the current blessing you're walking in is the not just the end but the beginning of your next blessing. That's why I'm trying to teach you to stop being so greedy. See, some of y'all, I'm almost finished. Some of y'all are so anxious in life that you're eating everything God gives you as if God can't bless you tomorrow. So you eat everything today. You go to every mall. You go to every place. Spend your check like you ain't got nothing to live for. Won't save no money. Won't sow no seed. Won't buy no insurance. Won't take care of yourself like you got a tomorrow. Why? because the cares of the world are choking you up you will be doing good but you're choking the bible said you choke by the cares of the world meaning you need to start reading bossip y'all know what bossip is leave it alone you start reading all these magazines that make everybody look like they wealthy and didn't have no process and didn't have no dark times and you still looking at them and now you go dress you know you can't invite you can't afford no red bottom shoes take them shoes from Macy's and paint them red and call them your red bottom shoes you know you can't afford that in this season quit that foolishness but you choking on the cares of the world and that way you eat up all your seed some of your life have been stagnated because you eat up all your seed let me finish Jesus takes it put them in order and he puts it in order everybody gets full tell somebody he gonna fill me off of what I have he made the ends meet it looked like the ends would never meet but when God got in between it he made the ends ends meet and then after it the disciples are just blown away oh my god how can you take my little seed my two the two fish and five loaves that we borrowed hallelujah it was borrowed and you blessed him and now everybody full oh my god they sitting around in amazing probably doing interviews you fool yeah we fool you fool you fool Jesus said y'all ain't finished yet because the end of this is the beginning of your next blessing get back out there with the people and pick up the fragments cause the fragments of the two fish and the five loaves of bread is the seed for the next crusade is the seed for the next miracle and I can imagine when Jesus got to the next city he said where are the fragments they said what you gonna do with these fragments I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna bless it I'm gonna thank God for it and then I'm gonna distribute it out and watch God do it again I'm trying to tell you a principle of how to live in covenant I'm trying to teach you a principle of how to move from promise to prophecy
Somebody declare there's fruit, there's seed in my fruit. I rebuke having a perverted life. Well, every time I look at my fruit, there ain't no seed in it. Uh, come on, there is seed in my fruit. Uh, he says this seed got to get in the ground. And the importance of a seed getting in the ground, it represents that I have a tomorrow. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, the seed tells you your seed got to get in the ground. Tell somebody to say your seed got to get in the ground. And when your seed get in the ground is when you got to live by faith. Because when that thing get in the ground you got to know that every day when you pass by the spot where you last put that seed even if you don't see nothing you got to know seed produce you got to go through your wilderness and go through your trials but know that seed produce and I'm trying to teach you how to be a sower some of y'all eat up everything God give you you hadn't graduated to the place of tithe yet you've been saved for 15 years and not a tither you've been saved a long time you shout and dance and love and praise God and teach and do all type of things but the covenant of tithe you don't know but this year God's going to show you how to trust him this year God's going to show you how to plant seed and you're going to get more than promise you're going to get prophecy tell somebody I'm on my way to prophecy I'm on my way to prophecy come on clap your hands and praise him right there come on praise him right there you got to get that seed in the ground what Abraham did with Isaac transferred from more than just sacrifice it transformed into seed in so much that Isaac became in similitude metaphorically prophetically an act of the New Testament Jesus Christ being buried and then resurrected God wants me to tell you to ignite the covenant you have to first recognize you're still here for a purpose. No matter how mistakes you've made, no matter how many times you've been through trial or storm, you survived. Even if you got pain right now in your body, guess what? You're still surviving. God wants you to learn how to offer up the sacrifice, have a good attitude about what he's calling you to do. Remove bad attitudes out of your life. Lift your hands, I'm praying now. Remove it out of your life. Remove it out of your life, stop complaining. And even as we have started and ignited a time of fasting, praying for the month of January, God spoke to me so differently about this fast and consecration that would forever change my whole life and the way we will practice consecration in this house. And for now on, our consecration will be a celebration of consecration. We will not humdrum it. We will not drag our feet. We will not be whining and crying that we got to pray and fast. But we will go into a fast and consecration like, Lord, <laughs> what you going to do for me? And what's going to happen to me in this consecration? I can't wait. We're no longer fasting, crying and whining. We're growing up. God told me to break a culture of whining through consecration break it he said teach people to keep their attitude of rejoicing lord i'm getting ready to fast i'm getting ready to pray there's no telling what you're about to reveal over the next th the 29 days there's no telling what you're about to show us over the next 28 days no telling what you're about to reveal and what you're about to speak again we got to learn to offer the sacrifice we got to learn to have a surrendered life
that we'll say yes to everything he tells us to say that we'll please him in every way we'll become that sacrifice pleasing unto him we gotta learn to sow the seed the sacrifice must become a seed sacrifice goes on the altar but seed goes in the ground our worship will become a seed our praise will become a seed the fruit of our labor will become a seed we will not eat everything we earn we will not vacation everything we earn we will not wear everything we earn we will sow we will give we will give towards ministry we will honor him with the tenth the tithe which is the holy part we will learn to sow seed we will learn to sacrifice and say God you're going to bless me tomorrow that's what seed says that's all seed says Says, see, says, I got a, a tomorrow. I got a, another day. He said, I got another day. I got another tomorrow. It says, a seed says, God's going to not just keep me now, but He's going to bless me later. That's what seed says. I know God's going to bless me later. God's going to blow my mind later, so I'm giving a seed. My seed got to go through a season where nobody sees what's about to happen. I got to go through that. It's under the ground and I got to keep my composure while my seed's under the ground. You don't even know what I look like tomorrow. I feel the Holy Ghost. You don't even know what I look like tomorrow, but I got seed in the ground. You have no idea what God's about to magnify in my life. You're just looking at me and say, oh, that's just Joe. <laughs> but wait till that seed bust the ground. Wait till that seed catches root. Wait till that seed hits in the earth with branches. Wait till that seed manifests with fruit. And wait till that fruit has seed in it again. You don't know the half of what God can do when you put seed in the ground. God wants you to ignite covenant. And on this first Sunday of 2021, God wants to remind us like he reminded Abraham. Abraham! brought you this far by covenant when you were just a little lad and didn't know what I had for you I brought you this way by covenant when you displeased me I kept the agreement oh somebody need to thank God for mercy when you displeased me I kept the covenant and God reminds Abraham everything I've done in your life I've done it because I've come in covenant with you but 2021 is the year of maturity. It's the year where we recognize what God is doing. This is what the text Genesis 22 is about. It's about the ability to follow the test because we recognize, God, I know what you're doing now. <laughs> I can offer up the sacrifice because I know how you're blessing me. It's not that I just got a promise. I got a prophecy. And when you ignite the prophecy, you always live in promises. I said when you ignite the prophecy you always live in promises and God wants to renew us this morning that's why I covenant call it covenant Sunday will you lift your hands come on lift those hands oh how say yes yes Lord to your will God is changing you right now how say yes
answer. I got an answer today. I got an answer. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.